Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And, you know, I, I'm thinking about, remember Amadou Diallo and Sean Bell? Absolutely. I remember hearing about that. And we're like, oh, okay, that's like a one-off. Yeah. So you thought. And then, but then you start talking to older folks when there wasn't no cell phones and there wasn't no social media. And Hell, folks there, in the neighborhood. There was know. no TV. And they're like, oh, yeah, the police killed him. Please kill him. Please. So this is, this is our relationship yeah. with law this enforcement. And I think that we also have to get really look back to why how law enforcement was developed they were slave slave patrols yeah they were created to hunt black folks yeah so if that is your foundation what do you do like that is your foundation to hunt and kill black folks that is the modern police that is the modern 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 Welcome to Wild Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back, people. You got Vince with you. Art in the building and, once and, again. Yeah, we here with another. You know, I can't say I can't say dope topic. Hey, today. you didn't you didn't hit him with the sexy voice yet. You didn't turn it <laughs> on yet. Like you 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 started out like <laughs> chop. You gotta hit. You were you ready? You ready to get started? <laughs> I'm I'm ready. I'm shook. I'm just a little shook. Okay, okay. So we're talking about here you go. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking. Shit. <laughs> Minute mark. <laughs> Minute marker. We are, we're talking about mm. officer-involved shootings, more specifically officer-involved murder or killings today. And before we go any further, knowing what's going on on Netflix right now, I don't think we can even begin to jump into this topic without at least acknowledging the movie American Son. So real quick, I'm not going to do the full intro yet, but I, I want to tell you her name. Our guest today is Michelle Rayner Goolsby. And she is one of the super dope, and I can use dope in this term, attorneys that's at the front lines handling things for us when unfortunately we find ourselves on the wrong end of a revolver that is smoking. So I do want to real quickly jump in and talk about American Son real quick. Now, Art, I know you said you hadn't seen it yet, that's right? It. Michelle, what did you think of the movie? So I watched it this morning, actually flying into um, Atlanta. So you were crying on the plane. Um, you know, you know, you might not even cry with this. Okay, okay. Yeah, I I didn't cry. I didn't. I think crying, but... I grabbed my wife at one point. And was like, oh, but it is I, jarring. It's jarring, but I already kind of knew what was going to happen. I, yeah. I I had no framework. I, I I just found out it was a play, and it was it's been on Broadway. I had no framework, but whenever I guess for me, whenever black folks are 
uh, around police officers and there is a stop and a gun is pulled out, I automatically right. think someone's dead. Right. So for me... Oh, it's, it's, it's terrible a, we've gotten to that point. That's our assumption. Now. Right. I automatically think someone's dead. But I do encourage people to watch it. I definitely do. Yeah. I definitely think and to have greater conversations. I encourage white people to watch it. I mean, I hopefully they will, you know, start to wake up and the Absolutely. ones... But I mean, also, you know, there's that. So... Cool. Well, well, listeners, <laughs> right. You, right. You, you are fully aware now. Again, we're talking about officer-involved shootings, officer-involved killings. And before we really jump in, I really want this episode to be one that, that you listen to, right? That helps you to recognize that you're not alone in this. And I know that sounds cliche to say, but what I mean by that is when you're watching what's happening in front of us on social media, on televisions, I think a lot of us are often left with questions that there aren't answers for. And the importance and the reason behind today's episode is one, to reinforce that we all have those questions. And whereas there are some questions that have no answers, there are people who have dedicated themselves to either answering those, those questions or creating systems to which those questions no longer apply. So with that, I want to jump in and formally introduce our guest today. So the first place that I ran into our guest today was in a CNN article entitled, When African-Americans Are Killed by the Police, These Lawyers Get a Call. Pictured and discussed in that article were four attorneys, Lee Merritt, Benjamin Crump, Chris Stewart, and today's guest, a Florida State University and Florida Coastal Law School educated attorney, Michelle K. Rayner Goolsby. Hey. She is an award-winning and highly sought-after attorney, the founder and principal attorney of Civil Liberty Law, and she's been selected as a rising star by Super Lawyers, which sounds like it should be a movie. Uh, a top-rated AVVO attorney, which is obviously some rating system that I am not in the know about. And has garnered many community awards. She's passionate about her clients' rights and ensures their rights are protected as if they were her own family. Lastly, she's been featured on many popular media outlets and sites, including but not limited to CNN, The Today Show, Fox News, The Root, Headline News, Huffington Post, and many more. But... I'm running out of breath to to continue to lay her out because she's done so damn much. Anyway, Michelle, welcome to Wild Black. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, we appreciate events. that. I appreciate you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Appreciate y'all for having me. Thank you so much. I'm glad it worked out. Absolutely. So why don't you just take literally 30 or 60 seconds and just tell the folks a little more about you, including how you got to be featured in that CNN article. So, yeah, I mean, um, I... Check our Instagram page. I've got it posted there. Oh, it is there. It's your lawyer's lawyer. That's the real life about me. So, the real life, real social media life. But, yeah, no, um, I, I, so I'm a lawyer. Um, I'm from, born and raised in Florida, born and raised in the South, and very proud of that fact. Yeah, um, yeah. Very proud to have family that are from um, Georgia as well. And um, so, I... I think I've always, like, wanted to become a lawyer. I remember when I was, like, five, I was like, I'm going to become a lawyer. Um, but I think there was, I was also bent towards, like, justice and quality because when I was a kid, you know, all of my friends, they would watch, like, cartoons. And my mom was like, you're going to watch Eyes on the Prize. You're going to watch Malcolm X. You're going to watch this uh, documentary on the Civil War. And I'm like, I hate Saturday mornings. Um, <laughs> I want to watch G.I. Joe. <laughs> right, like, you know. Oh, Rainbow Bright. You know, Scooby-Doo, like, oh, Punky Brewster. No, you're going to watch this. Because my mother was very, um, very just adamant that I know about 
about our people and our struggle. And I think also because her and my father were some of the first um, black graduates of the University of South Florida. So they helped nice. integrate that school. So after I passed the bar, I um, took a job at the public defender's office and I was working, trying cases, you know, serious felonies, all those cases. And then I decided I was going to go out on my own and I was just going to be a criminal, purely criminal defense attorney. I didn't really want to do any civil rights. Like I would still, you know, like help organizations, still involved in Black Lives Matter, those kinds of things. But I personally was not going to do any civil rights cases. Right. And then I got my first one and I was like, oh, okay, well, I can refer you to Benjamin Crump, <laughs> to someone else. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. And no, we want you. I can refer you to Benjamin Crump. Let me say this one more again. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. I'm not going to do it. And um, they were like, no. And and then, so I was like, okay. And we worked on those cases. And what I think the heartbreaking part about civil rights work, the real civil rights litigation, a lot of times you see us and we're out there and people are like, oh, you know, there's money hungry. There's publicity hungry. A lot of those cases, you don't make any money off of. You have to have some serious conversations with your clients. Like, we probably won't prevail the best thing that we can do is A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And, um, and there, and it's, it's heartbreaking. It takes you away from your family a lot. You are, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone till two, three in the morning, you know, kind of trying to figure out what we're going to do. And how I got thrust into the, the CNN article is that I had a case, a young um, black man, he was killed by a white man, not law enforcement, but he actually found out it was a wannabe cop. He um, was outside harassing his his girlfriend and her their children were in the vehicle. And my, cl- my client, he was in the store and his name is Marquise um, McLaughlin. And he was in the store and this man had, they had pulled into like a handicapped parking spot, right? And it's, and I, so I'm from Clearwater where this happened. So I know exactly where the store is. I've been there. I've been inside the store. I know exactly where this, you know, raggedy handicapped spot is, which is not even a real handicapped spot. Everyone pulls in there. Hi, I'm raising my hand. Everyone right. pulls in that spot. So this, it's just the corner the store. Yep. It's the norm. Yep. It's the corner store. Like everyone in their community has that corner store. You just, whatever. So they park in there. Car is still running. He runs into the store with his young, his oldest son. Goes into the store. The killer, Michael Draco, pulls up. Doesn't even pull up into a spot and starts to walk around her car. Like looking there, walking around her car, this, that, and the third. And... So she's kind of like, well, what's like, hi, can I help you? And he starts going in on her about parking in this spot. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures in collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League. State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. 
Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. And she was like, okay, like, my man is in the store. Once he gets out, we will leave. So it's going in. And it, and it became a commotion so much so that if you watch the video, you see people looking like, what the hell is happening mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. So they, So someone's at the door and they say, hey, something's going on out here. You might you you need to come. So Marquise puts his stuff on the counter and kind of, you know, pats his son. This is like, you know, I'll be right back. And he goes out there. Y'all two have wives, right? Yeah. Can you mm-hmm. imagine some man that you don't know mm. up in your wife's face? You know, you have your other two children in that car. My job, protection mode yep. kicks in all like, the way. Immediately. Period. Period. So he pushes him out the way. Now like, is he is he is he Un- undercover as an officer? Or no, he- no, he's he's, he's a, a wannabe. He's, he's a, a wannabe. wannabe. So oh, we find out later in the interview shit. when he interviews with law enforcement that his dad was a cop and that he knew about all of this because gotcha. he looked up these like rules and this, yep. the Tula rule and the 20, you know, all these things. So he's a wannabe cop. Right. Mm-hmm. So Marquise sees this man just arguing at his woman and yeah. you know she's outside because she's like I don't know what's about to happen I got my kids in the car right. he's outside and he's like literally in her face so you just said as a man your protection immediately. mode immediately comes right. in you at all costs like I don't care what happens so he pushes him away man falls back Marquis starts backing up like we're done I just needed to put some distance between, between you, you and my wife yeah period yeah. right yeah. need to put some distance between you man pulls out a gun Marquise is at maximum retreat. Like, he could not retreat anymore. Shoots him. He goes, and he as he staggers, he staggers back inside the store, dies in front of his um, five-year-old son. Oh. Now, I don't remember the name. Is this the same case that we saw so much about just in the, maybe last year or sometime? Yeah, yeah. So, it's been... It was all over. Yeah, I remember and, this. And one. so the 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 I think the, this one pissed me off more than so many others because it was so easy to see myself. In, and, that, in those and shoes. And let me tell you, and what I think was so interesting about this case that, and even though his killer wasn't arrested for 25 days, which is yep. clearly, we could talk about the race implications, but I had friends who I've known growing up, white people were like, he did nothing wrong because I would have done the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, my, my one of my dearest friends, who I've known since eighth grade, he and I are completely the opposite on everything. Totally second amendment. He was like, oh, he better be glad there wasn't someone that like me that carried because I right. would have immediately pulled out my pistol. Like, you're not going to walk up on my wife and you don't expect... And I think a lot yeah. of people, it struck a lot of people because they saw themselves in that and position. Then, and they mm-hmm. were like, he didn't do anything wrong. And this man, we've we would come to find out, was a coward and would ha- carry his gun or in order just to mess with other folks. Because he he had done this exact same thing Correct. at this exact same store about these parking swaps Correct. Before. Correct. And then what didn't come out in trial, mm. the other person he did to was black and he called him a nigger. Um, but he didn't shoot him. But he didn't shoot him. But he called his boss and said, I should have shot him. Or I, I could remember. have shot him. Wow. So... I did not realize that that was your case. I didn't. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. So that's how I got into the CNN article, and um, he wasn't arrested for twenty five yeah, days. I remember that. So what was the basis of that? That's the stand your ground yep. law. Get the fuck out of here! Have you seen the video? 
No. You need to see the video. It's Wait. it's it's crazy because all you, you see the brother run up and push him and then take steps back, back up against the car just about. And all he's doing is protect his, his wife. wife. The guy's and, on the ground shooting. And so I rep- so I represented the family. Um, Benjamin Crump represented the girlfriend. And so his dad, good solid brother, like just solid. Saw of there, his dad was like, he did what I taught him to do. Absolutely. Protect your family at all costs. That's that's our main job on this planet. It and was, that's regardless of race. Like as a man, you are supposed to correct. protect your as family. As a male. Right. Right. And I, so it was just insane how like he didn't get arrested. So in the state of Florida, we have, for people who don't know, Sandra Ground, there is a clause in there that says that if you are, you know, using self-defense essentially that you and you are standing your ground. You have the right to be where you are and you are standing your ground. You could be immune from prosecution. And if you are if you are prosecuted and you are found um to be justified and you are standing your ground, you could then sue law enforcement. So some people said the sheriff made that decision because he didn't want to get sued. I say the sheriff made that decision because he is a racist, and mm-hmm. um, we ha- and that and that's just not being inflammatory. We have history about that, right? Yeah. And then speaking to other um, investigators that were there that were prepared to arrest this man on second degree murder, and then they get you know chopped off at the knees, saying, "Uh, uh-uh, we're not going to arrest him," and yeah. he went to bed in his house for 25 days. And so y'all know I started this off that I'm a criminal defense attorney. So I've had clients who have shot and killed people. And they have said, Ms. Rayner, it was in self-defense. It, 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 I, I was standing my ground. And guess where I talked to them at? And in the jail. Period. I didn't talk to them at their house. Right. I didn't go, we didn't have cookies and milk. And they tell right. me about how it was justified and we were waiting on an arrest. And so... That kind of spiral, once again, and a lot of people call it, you know, Trayvon Martin 2.0, but with this, we had a video. And um, I I think, and so we're able, like, fast forward through everything, we're able to get a conviction, and um, he was sentenced to 20 years. But in that middle of it, it, because they charged him with manslaughter, because yeah. what I have, get I have the to get fuck out of here. I have to give it to the state attorney. They did not overcharge, because what we see why we don't get convictions is that they overcharge, and the way that the second um, degree murder statute and case law falls in Florida, second degree murder is like I gotta know you. We we have to have some type of ability to. I have to right. have some type of ability to develop malice towards you. Right. I you know I have uh. to. We have to have some type of connection. I don't. I can't just walk up to you and be like, oh, I have malice, boom. But manslaughter provides that there was an overreaction, that it was, you weren't, you know, it was not reasonable. And to me, that fit the circumstances Mm -hmm. for this case. And it wasn't an overcharge. And because I know that state attorney's office, because I deal with them almost every day, they like to get their convictions. And especially on a case like this. So charge him where we can get him. So let's charge him where we can get him. But in the middle of everything, when I tell you this case was so racially charged by the other, by the defense counsel. Right. I don't know if you read it. 
Oh, have you seen it? Yes. There were article. There were motions about me and Ben Crump calling me all kinds of things, saying that Michael McLaughlin, Marquise's dad, was a poor parent, that Marquise was a thug on drugs, yep. and then they had a black woman that was helping them in their fight. Yeah. I saw a lot of that stuff. And again, I apologize for, for <laughs> not connecting you to that yeah. case. I did not recognize. No, yeah. Well, but I remember our, that case why, why did your face yeah. they do that way? I, I'm, I'm a little militant sometimes, so I, I, it, it just infuriates me when I when I hear things like that, just, just simply because just the nature of what it is. Yeah, and... And the implications. And the implications of, you know, and then it became, it devolved into this whole thing of, well, you know, I'm a real criminal defense attorney, so I can, I can, I can defend everyone. And so if you can't defend everyone you're not a real criminal defense attorney, then I won't be a real criminal defense attorney. If that, if, if that is the measuring line of yeah, us yeah. being a criminal defense attorney, then I won't, then, then I'm not one. You got it. However, I know I am a real one, but there are certain things that I will and will not do. Right. I'm not mm-hmm. going to fin- George Zimmerman right now could go out and shoot someone and come and pay me millions of dollars. And why I would love millions of dollars, I trust me, fuck him. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Right. Your integrity and your character is far more is far too important for that. Correct. Yeah. So let's 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 take a step back and jump into this wild black shit. I took the kind of comical question out because it no longer felt like it fit the vibe. You could be well, we could be comical. No, it just I want to I want to stay authentic. Oh. And what I, what I'm loving is that we're we having a good conversation. In. Yeah. With, we, like it doesn't feel drawn out or depressing. Right. But the question I was gonna ask, eh, let's I'm using some some thought process here. Let's pull that back a little bit. Because what's going to happen is people are going, they're already ingrained in what you're talking about. And so I want the wild black shit to reflect Correct. the conversation Correct. that we're Correct. having okay, right now. Cool. And to be and to be very, very fair, most of the time, the wild black shit is used to warm someone up. Uh you don't need not nary the bit <laughs> of warming. <laughs> I just 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 jump. Oh, fire. Good, right? When the trains are diving. Right. Just you don't need not yeah. nary bit of warming up. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> hey, let's 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 do it. Let's right. do it. Let's, I'm, I'm with it. Cool. All right, three questions. Yeah. Last one is our signature question. First two kind of cool and fun. But okay. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how they play out. Of all the officer-involved murders of our black men and women, which for you has been the toughest to process? Oh, shit, ain't none of these fun. <laughs> but I can't answer that one. But I can't answer this one. Um, I think it's the last one that just what, that we know of that recently happened. A Tatiana? Yeah. Yeah. I am still processing that. It's okay. Um, One, because I think, A, as a woman, a black woman, I know that we, this happens to us a lot, but it's not as talked talked about. about. And, you know, it's coming on the heels of McLaughlin sentencing, the Botham John trial, and then boom. And I woke up and I'm like, what? I'm reading my, you know, I'm reading my, my, my CNN and, and I'm friends with Lee Merritt in real life and, right. and I follow him on social media. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I, I go back to sleep and I'm clenching my fists so much in my sleep that I, I wake up with like deep marks in my, my palm because I kept tossing and turning thinking about her. And I shot him a mess. I'm like, bro, I can't sleep. And he was like, man, like I can't either. Yeah. And... I began to think about, because I have a nephew that I'm very close to. He's like my child. And um, I don't play video. My wife plays video games. I don't play video games. But we were, you know, that could have been us. Yeah. And I remember 
I was in Target. It's day of day that happened, and I just broke down. I started crying through Target, just pour, like just tears. I just it, enough was enough, and it takes a lot for me because usually I have that kind of resilience right. where I could just like, okay, this happened again. What do we need to do? Right. You know, hey, leave. You need anything? Let me know. Blah blah blah. And I I duck off into a corner. And I just start, like, sobbing to the point, like, I felt like I was going to be, like, out of control. Right. And I called Bianca, couldn't get to her. And so I called a good friend of mine. And I was like, I don't know why I'm, I don't know why I'm like this. And she just started talking me through it. And I'm still not over that one. I'm still not, I still haven't processed that. I still haven't, I don't understand. Um... There's so many things I don't understand. And I I feel bad for her neighbor because I think he was trying to do a good deed. That's why I tell black folks don't call the police. Yeah. We can't, we don't have that same luxury. Sure don't. And also hate that that he is being, I don't even know what the right word is, but I I feel like we are mistreating him as well. Vilifying, vilifying. That's the word I'm looking for. Vilifying him. And and I feel so bad for him because he probably was genuinely concerned. And obviously, if he's genuinely concerned, it's two o'clock in the morning. You don't know what's going on. Of course, he's not going to go over there. You you shouldn't go over there and knock and walk. Um, And um, (laughs) as my friend and my brother, he just wrote a book called Open Season. It is open season on black folks. And yep. and it has been for a while. For a while, yeah. Yeah, and I think that we're just now seeing right. those those things. Because and, it's um, so hard to accept that as full citizens of this country, <laughs> how can it possibly be open season on us? I mean, when I tell you, I'm a practicing attorney of a bar card. I've gotten pulled over and I've stayed on the phone I immediately pull out my license. I pull out my bar card and say, hi, I'm pulling this out just to let you know I'm an attorney. Mm-hmm. This, that, and the third. My hands are, you know, whatever. Can you grab, can you, okay, I am, and I'm on the phone. I am reaching for my insurance card. I am pulling it up on my phone. Why, and then I have one, well, why are you saying it like that? And I looked I at her. I fucking have to. And I looked at her, I was like, and I, and I said, are you fucking crazy? We're around the corner from my house. Right. You, you could... And I can't, you may not do it. And I get that you may not be that officer. Correct. But for the one that you're not, there's hundreds that are. And we don't know the difference. And I don't know Correct. you. All I know is lights. That's Period. Right. Bro, what, what's been yours, man? All of them have a, a significant impact for me. Just just simply because so I got two girls, but um, it's it's a thought process that there there nothing as a black man or woman, no one is immune to this happening. So, if you think about that, every time I see a a police officer, even if the lights are nowhere near me, there is a bit of terror that is associated for me, for whoever that is that got stopped. Because I automatically think that they look like me, and... If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Wow, this could this could end very poorly for And the someone. worst is when they look like you and I start to slow down because yep. I'm like, do I stop? Correct. Like, Cor- do, I, yep. do I go? Do I do I film? What's the right thing for me to do? do? Right. Yep. But if I stop and I jump into some shit, then, you know, and then is it a lawful stop? And it, it you, it, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, I mean, everything's terrifying yeah. as it relates. Like, and, yeah. and to your point, though, I, I love this thing. 
never call the police. Like that's that's a I will call the fire department or the, the hospital directly. Nine one one for the hey, I need to talk to a doctor. <laughs> Before I right. call the police officer. And it's sad. Like, yeah. It's sad. You know, and because there's some real, you know, shit is going down. You wanna call right. law enforcement, but Yeah. <laughs> and if you do call law enforcement, safe. yeah, you gotta say something like, Hey, I need you to dispatch the the non racist police officer. Right, can I, if can you I, know can I have is. your can you have your non-biased uh department please? Right. Matter have fact, you guys before I ask you to come, have you done implicit bias training? Right. Have you Correct. these are a list of questions I have before you guys right. come. While someone's right. bleeding right. out let's let's, right. let's 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 check your qualifications. Right. Yes. Do you have black family members or friends? I mean Right. Right. Do you know their children's names? Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's me, bro. How about you? Man, it's tough for me. Um Tamir Rice and yeah. Antoine Rose are probably mm-hmm. the hardest ones for me to process. And that's because, again, I've got children who yeah. at one point have looked just like them. I mean, my son today is 14. Tamir was a 13 when he was killed. 12. 12 when yeah. he was killed. Antoine he looked like Rose. a baby. Absolutely. He does. And, and my son is 14 and six foot two, 210. Mm-hmm. So he looks <laughs> like a grown man walking. So I'm, I'm terrified. Uh, yeah. And then a Tatiana for me, because what what that said to me was, if I were to listen to all the people b- before who said, well, you know, if you just would do the right thing, if no. you just follow right. directions, right. if you just would keep yourself out of harm's way and stay out of trouble, both of Jean and Tatiana were in their homes. Right. Like oh, that, there's no safe space. Right. I, mm-hmm. Our homes are supposed to be our castles, our, our place to go. Our sanctuary. Right, when the rest of the world is against us, right? right? But each one of them, I mean, eating a bowl of cereal, or eating a bowl of ice cream and then playing video games with your nephew. I mean, like, how can you be? It's, it's like, unconscionable. It's yeah. great. So what it told me was, I'm no longer safe in my home. I'm not safe in my car. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not safe in my skin. Right, yeah. right. And it is, you know... It, it and I like I that that's why I can't really talk about her case too much without really like like I and I'll start to wail on your on your podcast <laughs> y'all mm-hmm. like okay so we did ask her for that but um, <laughs> it, I mean it is it's it's just I and then it's hard for me when things like this happen to see people not not just white folks but even black folks to act like it's business as usual correct. oh my god correct yes. it's hard. Correct. And then, but then I'm like, but what, what, what do I expect them to really do? Correct. Like the, the flip side, because I thought what about that before. And, and the flip side of that is we have to find some way to continue to get up the next day and right. walk out the door right. and go to work and live our lives. And if we can't compartmentalize what's happening and put it someplace, we won't be able to function. But then that's also how we become numb. And I, Absolutely. I, I wrote a piece like yeah. a while it's, ago. It's a tough situation. Yeah, I wrote a piece a while ago when Terrence Crutcher died and how I was starting. Crutcher, that was the one in Tulsa. Tulsa. Right? Yeah. So like 2016, that I think one, it was. I was, I was. I was very close to Tulsa when that yep. one was going wow. on. That, that one was a very tough one. For me. That And that was tough. And it was... And and now it's even tougher to know that the woman that killed him yep. is now a consultant yep. for police um police uh, departments how to if how to deal with high profile killings of black folks or whatever exactly. her title is. She but, killed a brother, got off, and now she's getting paid a higher salary to man, advise I, people. I, yeah, I don't mm, right. Mm-mm. All right, brother, hit up with question two. Yeah, what's question two for? <laughs> oh, oh, but before that, I, I do want to say. 
like, I love the fact that you can, one, I could feel your emotion when that question was asked, but I love the fact that you can show it because one of the complaints that people have about attorneys at times, and specifically doctors, right, is that because you are in it so often, you become so immune to what's happening around that you can no longer be empathetic. Right, you know, and it's and beautiful I, that that's not happening. I've, I've asked God not to allow me to become immune. Right. Because, and it sucks because you have to feel it all right. on a higher level because I know you get bombarded with it more than the rest uh, of the world. Right, I mean, and then you get calls and all yeah. these kind of things. I mean, right before we got here, I was mean with a client and I mean, just, it was just, yeah. and I, I have to compartmentalize it and I have to, you know, so self-care and all those things like that. But right. I have, but still, even in that, I still am like, I don't want to be so hardened right. that I cannot be touched by other folks. Right. I don't want to be so hardened that I forget yes. why I'm here and the calling of why I'm here. Because it's very easy to be like, well, you just do this and this. And then, we you know, we go and do this and we'll, we'll call this right. new and reporter. And this is tied to a real emotion. Right. Yeah. And then really realizing like, you know, I'm doing this work, not just like, I mean, people are like, oh, you, you know, I've, I've saw like when that article was this, the article was reshared right after Tatiana died. So the yeah. article, the CNN article, yeah. and it broke my heart because I knew exactly why that article was being reshared. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh God. And so of course people are like, oh, they're all crooks. So I being, you know, the person that I am, much to my wife's chagrin, I would step up on the, 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 um, the 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 status. I'm like, oh, what's up? Oh, you got something to say? And okay. she'd be like, oh my God, Michelle, what are you doing? I no, like that. No, I'd be like, what's up? Oh, I'm just in it? I said, so let me tell you. So since I'm just in it to make money, why don't you holler at my wife and ask her how many times I've been home in the last month? Right. Why don't you holler at my wife and ask her how many times I've cooked? Why don't you holler at my my family and yeah. ask them how many times I've been over to my mama's house? You gotta remember, so, people, this shit is real. Yeah. It's not just text on a page. Yeah, this, this is, is real. <laughs> like, so no, so like, it's a whole no, bunch of shit behind. Right, this. like, oh, oh, you thought you I just built. got rich off the McLaughlin case and made zero money? Keep it, keep it moving. What's up? Yeah, because it's not so at some point. I can make money trying criminal defense cases yeah. and family law cases. But at some point, there has to be a higher calling. Absolutely. At some point, you got to, there has to be something bigger than you. Yeah, yeah. And if I make money, okay, great. If I, But that's not why I do it. Right. Before the McLaughlin's hired me, I was in the street for their son. Yeah. In the street as a lawyer, marching, sitting, being like, oh, I'm not finna get up. We'll arrest you. I mean, okay. So... It's not just like, I don't just do it because like, oh, you, I'm going to be in this little CNN article. I'm going to be on this little BET thing. No, like, this is what I know that I'm called to do. Yeah. You feel mm -hmm. me? It's a beautiful so reason dope. to do it. And thank you, by the way. Oh, well, you're welcome. You don't thank pay you, me. Yeah. I, 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 think we, I think we really Everybody do. does. I think we really do. <laughs> you guys Seriously. Really, well, thank you. So now, now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. I'm don't be, don't be. Yeah. All right, brother. Because I know some people would love for you to cook for them. Yeah, some people do love for me. And I can See? cook, I can get down. I already know. We, we thank you. Too. Yep. <laughs> All right, second question. So many of us are concerned about the status of race relations in the American justice system today. In your opinion, what is the one singular thing that we as individuals can do to create a positive change in the system that seems to disregard us so regularly? Oof. Y'all got y'all. These are very well thought out questions. <laughs> yes, my goodness! Wow. Welcome to Wild Black. So, what is the one thing that just regular everyday people can do? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I mean, there's so much. I don't know if it's just like one thing. You know, I hate when people say this, but it is true. Um, I think vote, but also I think we need to have 
regular moral minded people running for office. Yes. We need to have regular schmegular people running for office. I we don't agree. need to have not millionaires, career not right. career politicians. And what I'm seeing and what I'm kind of sensing and feeling is that there are there's this like overwhelming support of just people who are saying like enough is enough. And so I, you know, I think that that's one of the things that I would really impress upon people is to be involved, whether it's you're running for office, whether you're an activist, whether you are mentor, being involved in some way that your life is making like a footprint on someone else in, in the in our communities. Right. Third question. Okay. Signature question. Oh, the signature question. Yeah. What do you love most about life while black? Oh my God. Listen, I'm telling you. I love like, how you let up. Yep. Listen, I'm telling you, if I died and come came back, and I came back as anything but a black woman, I would be highly disappointed with the most high. <laughs> I like that. I would be highly disappointed with the most high. Yes. He or she and I would have some a very strong word of conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just love being black, y'all. I, I just, there's nothing... I just y'all don't understand. I love I love black people. Y'all get on my nerves, but I love us. I love black food. I love black culture. Um, even though Kanye says that we're cultureless, whatever. But you know, that's mental illness. You know, right, right. So, (laughs) so we've been having a Kanye debate in my house. That's why. So for y'all who don't know, my wife is sitting here watching this. So that's why she's like, "We've been having this Kanye debate in my house." Just closed. So Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, you know, we're cultureless. (laughs) Like that's fine. Whatever. That's fine. I said what I said. So, (laughs) um, I I just I love. I just love everything about being like there. I can't pick one thing. There's just, it's everything. It's black folks. It's being yeah. able to walk. I see you. We get a head nod. We know what the head nod means. 100. 100. Like, and just like our little like inside jokes of like, you know, I lo- I was talking to a friend and I'll never forget. I was in college. And we're talking about how black people, <laughs> if someone's running, Shit. you automatically start taking off. And I remember I was in college. Like, we don't play that shit. We don't play, we don't play right. that at all. I was in college and the Alphas, out. The alphas <laughs> were having a hayride. And all of a sudden, this girl starts taking off. Another dude starts taking off. And you just saw, like, black people just running Yo. through the mm-hmm. woods <laughs> until we finally figured out, like, what the fuck are we running, running for? for? I don't know. Yeah, I don't that's, know. We can talk about what we get to say. shit right there. Like, <laughs> Listen, uh, but I love those We built like that. Yeah. I just love those things about Black folks, like the things that no one else has, and I love the fact <laughs> that we had we came through four hundred years plus yeah. of terror. Yep. Yeah. Ta- I mean, I'm, I don't want to call it terror. Yeah. Um, our own yep. type of holocausts, really. Absolutely. Um, and we lived it. And when I say four hundred years plus, it's still going on. Absolutely. And we are still here. We're still able to love and have families and and have friends and all those kinds of things. I wouldn't trade it for the world. It, to me, being black and being a black woman is the biggest blessing I've ever had. I love it. I love that answer. Yeah. That was thorough as hell. It was. And confident. Comprehensive. Right. Like, she, she, she knew listen. exactly where she was going with she, that. It, it was even a, a conversation with God in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how deep this shit is. Listen. Yes. Listen, I, I got to come back as a black woman. That. I'm like... Right. All right, well, we're going to jump into our, our dope quote today. This, this Go conversation ahead, with God is funny to me. 
Not come back and say, hey, you know I'm going to kill myself, right? Period. <laughs> that's the conversation. Like, listen, so I'm about... That's, that's how deep this shit gets. Listen, I'm about... Listen, I, I'm about to... You know, so, you, you know you didn't fuck up now. Right. Listen, I'm about, you know so, you don't believe in that. I don't either, but... All right. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to jump into our dope quote today, which in actuality is not a dope quote. Today, we are going through some not-so-dope data. And you know we love our data here on Wild Black. So I'm going to hit you with a couple of stats just to let you know where we stand. In 2018, 1,165 people were killed by the police. Of that, 26.7 were African-American. Reminder, we only make up 12.6% of the population. And as a bonus, there were only 22 days in 2018 where the police did not kill someone. U.S. data. Wow. Yeah. yeah. In the U.S., African-American boys and men are 2.5 times likely, more likely to be shot and killed by the police than their white counterparts. Black women and girls are 1.4 times more likely to be shot and killed. And this breaks down collectively to about 1 in 1,000 of us will be killed by police, period. For white men, that number is 39 out of 100,000, so it's significantly smaller. And by the way, that does not stop with just African-American. It is true, although not to such a severe degree uh, against any folks with brown complexion, mm. Latinx, American Indians, Native Indians, it doesn't matter. We are all murdered by the police at higher rates. Normally, we go into a discussion about that, but I don't want us to. I want to get back into these questions because we need this stuff. Okay. I want to start with one that I think is actually kind of broad, right? Does acceptable justice reform exist? And what I mean by that is, can the system be fixed? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I think it's a yes and no. All right. Um, the the radical side of me just says to burn it all down and yeah. start back over. Um, because I think that it's so ingrained yeah. in our culture, in our laws, in our society that you're even if you take one thing away, you're building upon yeah. a really flawed and broken foundation. Absolutely. And if anyone ever has built a house, you know, you can't build no house and your foundation isn't right. Because right. that thing will fall right on right over. You got to tear yep. that thing all and, the way and, down. And if, there's, and if there's a foundational issue, they're going to be like, um, so <laughs> we could we could try to, f- like, you know, put, go up underneath it and, you know, put That's the right. Right. Look, fix the foundation, we think. Right. But we can't, we can't guarantee. So part of me says that, and what I really think that I envision is a radical just reformation of really shutting all of this down and just rebuilding. Right. But for us to get to that point is, I mean, that's a dream. That's, I yeah. mean, people call it utopia. That's a dream. Um, but would... I mean, are we going to get there? So then yeah. we now have to start targeting different issues. One of the things I'm super passionate about is mandatory minimums. Right. So for people who don't know what mandatory minimums are, um, there are, and this is why the prosecutor is the most powerful person in, in, in a courtroom. It's not the judge, it's the prosecutor. Mandatory minimums are there are certain crimes that have a mandatory minimum. So if you are a felon in possession of a firearm, mandatory, in the state of Florida, mandatory minimum three years. Gotcha. Period. Period. The judge can't depart from it. If you want to plea out. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cut-off. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
you're going to get these three years or if that's what you score, which is the score, it was just the whole thing, or you're going to get whatever, whatever deal. Only the prosecutor can go be, can waive the minimum, minimum mandatory or go beyond the bottom of the guidelines. And I remember one of the first cases I had when I was interning as a public defender was a felon in possession of a firearm. And what happened is, is that this man, um, it was 4th of July and he, uh, was outside and his neighbor was an older man, black, and this is a black man, older black man. And he was just like, kind of like not with it. Mm -hmm. And he was shooting his gun. And he, like, was going to shoot the gun, you know, on 4th of July. You know, people do that. Yeah. So he mm -hmm. went to go, he grabbed the gun, and he took it from him. And he put it up in his room, put it up in a drawer. And I think he forgot that he had it. Mm -hmm. So a few days later, him and his, like, girlfriend got into an argument. So she called the police and said, oh, he has a gun. Oh, wow. And he gets arrested. Oh. And, um, of course, now, you know, by the time we get to trial, she's, you know, totally not cooperative with law enforcement. But the state attorney moves forward. Now, the state attorney had every ability to say, nah. we're going we're gonna to drop this. He was throw this out. You know, we know what this was about. He wasn't holding on to the gun so he could go use it in a commission of a crime. He actually stopped other individuals getting hurt, from getting hurt. And he... um. They um, they did not. Mm. The jury ended up convicting him because if you look at the black letter of the law, he was a felon in possession of a firearm. And the judge said to me and the and the attorney that was actually the, at the time I wasn't a real attorney, but um, said if you could find case law from anywhere in the country that says I can depart from these three years, I'll do it. He's like, I'm going to give you 60 days to find it Dang. and let him. And and I, I don't know what ended up happening to him um, because I, I had then passed the bar and left and came, came back home to Tampa. But that's what the minimum mandatory does. Wow. And you have people. So he who, ended up getting punished for doing a good thing. Right. And you have people who. Which is not the intent for that. Which is not the intent at all. And, you know, and there are some people who, you know, okay, maybe the minimum mandatory is what they need. I don't know. Um, but you have these kinds of things. So that, I'm super passionate about that. But also there's an um, article, if anyone gets a chance, it's in the Sarasota Ledger. Um, it is bias on the bench. And it takes two individuals, a white boy and a black boy. They have literally the same exact criminal history. And what we have in the state of Florida, we have what we call score sheets. So mm -hmm. if you've been convicted of a felony, they score you out to what you like it to prison or not prison, depending on like prior prior history. Same exact score sheet. And so in the state of Florida, if you score uh, 44 points and above, it is mandatory prison. Mm -hmm. um, 22 to 44 is discretionary. Zero to 22, no prison. I think the the case that I'm thinking about, I think they scored discretionary prison. The black, literally, same exact criminal history. Right. White boy gets probation. Black boy gets sentenced to prison. Yeah, that is. So when I say, well, how can we fix it? That's why I mean, I'm like, dude, I think we just got to kind of burn it, burn it to the ground. Yeah. 
I think I struggle with it mm. because the foundation and the base of it are the people. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what we build until we, we can't build out the bias. Right. And I think that's where the, the struggle is. And there are, there are a lot of people who they feel like it's getting worse now. And I don't, it doesn't bother me which way you feel, but like my point of view is that it's probably not getting worse. It's just getting seen. It's getting talked right, about more. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, we live in an age where social media is very prevalent. Yeah. Phones and camera phones are very prevalent. Yeah. And, you know, people are getting, you know, called out and all yeah, those kinds of things. We're getting smarter. Yeah. And I think that it we, we see it. It's just so... I just, you know, it, it it's it's sad. I, I don't know. I, I wish I had the answer. Because if I had the answer, I wouldn't be here. That's I'd right. be chilling with um, Barack Obama and Michelle right. Obama while they living their best lives. Like, you know, like, like you know how, like, when you're... I, I'd be security for all y'all. Listen, exactly. period, period. We'd be out there living yeah. life. Listen, like, you know how, like, when your ex <laughs> breaks up with you and you see him on the gram living their best... That's what Michelle, Michelle and Brock are doing. <laughs> we're like, we're over here in the ghetto and they're out here, you know, just right. living... Singing little Duvall songs. <laughs> like, we looking at them like, don't y'all see what happened? <laughs> like, come back. Please. Right, where y'all at? Listen. What time you coming back to the house? can't get mad at him for living their best life. <laughs> right. So it's kind of like. Right, and, and you know, he's looking like, I told y'all niggas. Like, right. <laughs> I told you niggas. <laughs> <laughs> I told y'all niggas. All right, so this is a, another question that, that I have personally, right? Because of what we do here at Wild Black, right. we, we get inundated with a lot of the stuff that's happening as well. People right. are constantly sending in, you know, different events, but. We hear about Tamir Rice and mm-hmm. Terrence Crutcher, Laquan McDonald, Antoine Rose, Mike Brown, Eric Garner. We, we hear right. all these names, right? But what I also recognize is there are a ton more that we never hear about. Yeah. So what is it, what is it that happens to propel some of these cases to national attention and others to no attention? You know, I, I, I always struggle with that as well. Um, sometimes it's the right news cycle. Sometimes you have the right victim. Sometimes mm. it's something that shocks the conscience so bad. Um, sometimes it is the actions taken by the law enforcement officer or the killers are just so egregious. Right. Um, sometimes you have the right, you know, attorneys and PRs on PR people on it. Um, it's it, there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. And it's so interesting because it's like when black folks got ki- get killed by the police, we have to be like the most perfect human being. But, you know, hearing mm-hmm. you say that, it, we're starting to talk about victim character assassination, right? Mm-hmm. So what it, what it makes me wonder is we, from the outside, we see or we, or we believe we see it happening. Right. Is it as prevalent, as strategic, and as purposeful as it feels to us that it is? Absolutely. Absolutely. How do... Yeah. How do they get away with that? Um, they get away with that because they have the connections at the media sources. They get away with that because, you know, especially if the sheriffs or law enforcement, the top law enforcement officials are elected, yeah. they keep being reelected. Yeah. Um, you keep Go vote. You know, you keep having state attorneys be reelected. Um, you know, you keep having those people be reelected and we're not holding them accountable. So I, how can I say don't do that and this is wrong and you're this, you're that? I mean, the sheriff of um of Pinellas County, the same sheriff that let Michael Drake walk for 25 days, literally said the other day there was a man that died, I want to say, in their custody and he attributed his death 
to him not speaking English mm. and not being and not being here, being undocumented. Like it's literally in black and white. That's crazy. He's still the sheriff and he's up for reelection and no one is run no one who actually could win is running against him. And we're just gonna be like, okay. Just sitting back thinking about just reflecting, I think. It seems like we as African Americans are are consistently being defensive. In, in even though in, in most instances we're really defenseless. Like, right. like things happen to us and there does not appear to be like some you know, massive consequence for this behavior, which also could also give people the impression that, oh, this is kind of the accepted norm in America. Or you could become kind of, it's kind of like this is normal. I mean, cops rarely get convicted. I mean, hell, yeah. it's, it's a whole process to get them arrested. Right. And then convicted? I mean, come on. What do you, what do you think it would take in order, or, or what do you think going on the offensive looks like? I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> and when I get that answer, I'm gonna come back. We appreciate that, and we 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 work this thing right on. Yes, because I feel like we're always on the defensive. Mm-hmm. And how do and it, if we go on the offensive, I think that gets us killed. Absolutely, but we're already getting killed. So it's like, what do we have to? It's a lose lose. Yeah. Well, no, I mean because the the offensive means we could we could potentially win. Yeah. Like there's there's I don't think there's a what does the offensive look like for you? I don't know. I don't know. That's actually what made me. I, I'm always trying to think of of like yeah. how, like, how I don't do know the answer to this the narrative, she does. right? <laughs> yeah, like I, I, it perplexes me, right? Right, right. I, I would think it would be something that is counter to what we consistently do. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know what that would be. And then, right. can, yeah, and I think it would be, it it would be relatively violent. The, the, yeah. I think the thing that's so tough about that is, no matter what we do, we're wrong which is punishable if we don't figure out how to inject it into a system Correct. that's not built to allow us to inject ourselves right. into it. Correct. In the first place. It, there's no winning side of it in our thinking of how we right. are from a humanitarian standpoint. Right. This is not even a dead end street. This is a cul-de-sac with no street. Right. This you is, just loop looping it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So Michelle, a moment ago you mentioned accountability. So being on the inside, do you see anything changing? that is forcing more accountability inside of police departments that we don't see, right? Because I know they're meeting about this. They're talking right. about this. So, I mean, there's some um, departments that have, like, police review boards that consist mm-hmm. of civilians and those things. And so there's starting to be some accountability there. Um, you know, I would urge the police review boards to have people who actually um, are not beholden to you on those police review boards. Yes. Um. <laughs> But what's holding people account, what's holding law enforcement accountable are these organizers, these grassroots organizations like Dream Defenders, like Black Lives Matter, like BYP 100, Cop Watch, like all the ones that are really just like, nah, you can't do it. Nah, you can't do it. Nah, you can't do it. And it's really people, you know, um, saying, like showing up to these meetings, like, you know, showing up like you can't do that. And so do I think the culture is changing? No, um, I think mm. that you what we're seeing is that we're getting progressive state attorneys that are pushing back against law enforcement. So I don't know if you guys are aware of Erin Ayala. She's out mm-hmm. of um, Orlando, Florida. She was the first black woman yep. uh, state attorney elected in Florida's history. There was a man. Didn't that just happen? 
that happened like a few year? years ago. Like, okay. no, a few years ago, about like three years ago. Okay. Um, she, um, there was a man named Markeith Lloyd who um, killed his child's mother, but also killed two other law enforcement um, people. And, you know, everyone wanted her to seek the death penalty. And she's like, I'm not. And in fact, I'm not going to seek the death penalty on anybody. Child, you would have thought that she went out there and she shot these people herself. Mm. You would have thought, I mean, she became all kinds of names. The governor did press conferences about her, took that specific case away from her, gave it to another prosecutor so he could make sure that there's a death penalty, you know, threatened to sanction her, threatened to do all those kinds of things. Damn. But she stood her ground. Good. Not on wood, but she did. She stood around. And you have, you know, Marilyn Mosby out of Baltimore. Baltimore yeah. You have um, Andrew Warren out of, of Tampa. They're, you know, doing these things of like um, where there's, you know, um, marijuana arrest, those kinds of things. Because if the state attorney is saying, like, we're not going to prosecute that. Right. Then law enforcement don't really need to go get them. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I, you, I hadn't thought about that relationship right. before, but yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Right. If the prosecutor's like, we're not really going to deal with this. So what is the use of going to get them? Yeah, round I'm them wasting up, so your time because we're going to like, no, you know, no file, no file them, no dismiss it, all of those kinds of things. So I think that also there has to be the real conversation of having, you know, um, you know, progressive prosecutor like Wesley Bell that just took um, uh, St. Louis, um, the, the district where the other guy, I can't remember his name, but the one that chose not to indict um, Mike Brown's killer, he mm-hmm. took that, he took that um, that um, seat. So, you know, we're starting to see more progressive prosecutors because we have to have them because I think they then they start pushing back against law enforcement and saying, I'm not going to prosecute things that aren't done appropriately. Right. I'm not going to prosecute things that are done in ways that are this cloak and dagger. I, if you kill unarmed black folks, you will be subject to the same investigation that anybody else would be. Yeah. Because in the state yeah. of Florida, the standard for a law enforcement officer when they kill someone is the same standard that you and I would have. But yet, if they don't apply that same standard. But mm. it's the same standard. They don't have a cop standard. It's a reasonable... So if you and I, if I walked up to you and I just killed you, they're going to... Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be arrested. I'm going to do all those things. But if a cop walks up to you and kills you, well, Art, what were you doing? Right. Art, what was happening? Mm. You know, I did you not put your hands? So either you won't give them the cop standard, which is a much higher standard, or you really going to hold all of us to the same standard. Right. Right. D- decide what you're going to do. Yeah. So I, w- I want to ask a question about the court of public opinion, right? We are a soundbite society, a micro right. society. And, and I think we are that, and a lot of people don't, don't recognize that, right? Right. So of the, the details that you get and the jury get, what percentage of those, of those details before the case is over does the public get? I would say... It on a good case, it is about a good case, 25%. That's good. I mean, that's wow. excellent. On a more normal, 15 to 10. So all these Facebook posts and arguments and perceptions Child, you know, and opinions, we're completely uninformed, basically. Right. And you know, we're in and we're in a soundbite culture. And you know, um, I talk about that a lot, and my wife talks about that a lot. Um 
we we have these conversations. You, you you hear somebody and they want to make this whole long Facebook post, yeah. mm-hmm. and then you loud and wrong at the end. Yeah, right. Because you ain't got context. You, don't you have know no context. Really going on. Like, yeah. And then yep. we saw that happen really in the Botham Jean trial. Yeah. Just long face. Why did she allow in the the Castle Doctrine defense? I yeah. said, and then I, you know, we had a it, whole podcast about that. Eklund, Eklund, and, and Mac. They really broke that one down. And the genius behind right. it. Right. Here's the thing. She had to. Yeah. Because it will come back on appeal. But here's the thing. I, as a lawyer, am getting argued down and call all kinds of, oh, you know, you just complicit. Da 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 da. Sell out, Uncle Tom, all that stuff. Okay. Well, when she comes back on appeal, is she get out? You holler at, and then like, she gets off again. You gonna be mad? Then they're gonna be looking at you incompetent. That's the next word, right? Yeah. So it's like we do <laughs> but have no clue on the right. process and how this thing really works. And we do get these sound bites, and it's so incredulous to me because I'm like, y'all, like we, you know, and I really, I really try not to speak on things that I, I, I I'm not, I, I'm not educated on. Amen. I, and I think that there's yes. the power of saying, you know what, I don't, I don't know. Let me look into that. Let yep. me get back to yes. you. Yes. Or you know what? I have no opinion on that because I don't know what that is. I, I'll say, I, how do you feel about that? You know, I really don't know. Yeah. I have no opinion on that. There's so, nothing wrong with not knowing at the time. Right. It's okay and, to and say You know what? I don't know and I don't care to know. Yeah. Like, you know, it, yeah. I, I think that we have to, it's okay to say that. You don't I'd have to know everything. I'd rather tell me they don't know than try to tell me something they don't know and be wrong and now we're both wrong. Right. And then, or or they give me their opinion, and it's so rooted and just like. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Foolishness. Correct. But they have no clue about it. Yeah. Right. And you're like, yep. yo, like. What are you talking about? You don't have to do this. You don't yeah. have to operate this like, way. Like, you don't have to operate this yeah, way. Th- and that, honestly, is what the fuck social media is. Like, if you read this shit, I'm like, oh, my God. This person has this crazy Or when opinion. they share stories and, like, you don't actually, like, click on the link to actually see if it's a reputable source. Right. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like, you like, base this whole thing on some shit that's not even real. Or like, you, you shared something and it was from May of 2014. Right. <laughs> right. All right. Last, last couple questions. Okay. <laughs> so, what we've seen happen in the last, let's say, year or so is there have been some public verdicts, right? Like, yeah. specifically uh, in the murder of Botham John. Yeah. Amber Geiger was given 10 years. Uh, what is his name? Uh, Corey Jones. Slager that killed Walter Scott. Yeah. And what was the other one? Corey Jones wasn't uh, the other Sandra ground. Oh, God. There's been a bunch of them. But there have been a couple. Like 20 years has been given out. Yeah. 10 years has been given out. Do you think that this is a trend and a step in the right direction? And what do you think happens next? Does it continue? I mean, I you know, I guess you're talking to someone who doesn't really get optimistic about those things because for everyone that's convicted there's so there's many that are so not. many that aren't um i think that it does send a message that you know we will be in these streets mm-hmm. we will get some justice and i think but what you're seeing is you're having prosecutors once again, because I'm the most powerful person in the courtroom. And that's why I don't, you know, people are like, I can't believe you if you're a black prosecutor. No, I need you to be in there. I need you to be a woke black prosecutor. I need you to be one that you forget who they are, but I need you to be a woke black prosecutor. 
who are in there saying, ah, uh-uh, ah, uh-uh. if you're gonna do this for the white folks, you you got we got to do no, it's, right. it got got to be. Um, so I mean, I, I I hope it's 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 hopeful, but to me, being on the ground, there's just so much work that uh, needs to be done because it comes yeah. back to that institutionalized. Yep. That institutionalized stuff that we, you know, we've been talking about it comes back to that that foundation. It comes back to just a complete overhaul of the criminal justice system. Yeah. And until that really begins to happen in a real tangible way, and you're holding people's feet to the fire, these verdicts obviously are great because there's because there are so many people who haven't gotten justice, yeah. and there's so many names that you know you've already named so many of them that have not been able to receive justice. So we take those verdicts and we not only take them for the, that family, but we, we also take them in the name of so many others. But so I don't want to discount those verdicts, but there's so much work that has to be done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mm. I agree. I'm optimistic. Oh, really? Hopeful. Um, No, no, no. Your comment was you're not optimistic, but hopeful. Yeah. I am absolutely hopeful because of the work that you do. I'm, yeah. I'm with you 100% I, I agree on that. With that. Thank I you. struggle with that question myself because I get, for me, it turns into not, the word justice is almost unimportant to me at times, right? Right now, it's almost turned into a conversation about just equity, right? Mm. Right. Not, the straight up equity. And you made a comment, right? I, I want the sentences to look alike. Yes. Right. right. I want to have the confidence that as I walk into the courtroom, I'm not punished simply because I'm black. Forget the whole concept of justice because I think that's a step too, right? Like, I well, just you wanna... see where my sweatshirt, this is my actually sweatshirt Absolutely. for my firm, justice over everything. I'm with it. I'm this with is it. the sweat. So my firm's tagline and like everything we're about, go civillibertylaw.com. Um, it <laughs> is, um, is justice over everything. And I like, I've gone to court with like, a suit jacket with that shirt, especially on sentencing, and I look right at the judge, and they're like, "It's Rainer." I'm like, "What's up? What's good?" I love that. What's good? I love. So that. one lawyer, I one lawyer, I didn't know we were t-shirts to court. I was like, I have a whole ass suit on with a t-shirt on, with a face full of makeup, and this nice weave. Like sis, I'm ready. What sis, you leave me about? alone. What's up? Mm-hmm. So this is the last question, and this is directly for the listeners. <laughs> It, this weird, he's laughing because I always say the last yeah. question I had like two or three more. He always say two and then it'd be six. <laughs> and then the conversation get better and he's like, this I got the, one more. <laughs> this is the true last question, I think. You so, think? if you were talking to, well, you are talking to with thousands and thousands of listeners. Right oh, now. yes. Come through, Wild Black. Yeah. Oh, this, 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 this is real. Right, so, you're talking to all those people. Hey, y'all. <laughs> And, and if you had a message on what to do for that one person or group of people who will find themselves in a situation with the police and they fear that they may be the next hashtag or they may be standing next to the man or woman that will become the next hashtag, what do you tell them to do? I would ask them, I would tell them to stay as calm as possible, to breathe because the terror that is probably coursing through their body. Mm-hmm. And when you are full of terror, you do things out of survival. Right. And you surviving has now become a threat, right? Yeah. Stay as calm as possible. Breathe through it. 
I hate this word, but comply yeah. as much as you can. Because we need, we, we need to see you on the other side of this. Right. I, I know that compliance is not enough. Like, I get it. So I'm not saying that in this, like, little cliche. Just comply and you'll be all right. Right. I know people can comply and they will still die. Right. But maybe if you're calm enough in this insane reality that we're living in, you can make it to the other side where you can live to talk about it. We just trying to get you alive. Right. Like, I tell my nephew, we've tell, you know, other people that we mentor, we just want you to be alive. We just want you to be alive. My nephew, he likes to talk back to the police and then call me. And I said, see, and that, and, and, I mean, and when I tell you I dog cuss him out, yeah, because he'll get pulled out, dog. I said, you can't do that. His best friend is a white boy. You can't do what he does. That's right. You can't do that because I get these calls and I get officer put, put, get on my cell phone and then they know who I am. And then I'm like, well, like when I get, when he picks up, I'm like, well, is he dead? Like what's happening? If for as much as we can't be calm, if you can safely try to record, um, safely. Yeah. Um, and just, it just be calm. There is no right answer. Yeah. And I know we like to sit down and be like, so I'm going to tell you what you're going to do when you get pulled over by the police. I could tell you a list of things that may or may not help you survive. Right. You could be sitting there quietly. Philando Castile was going to his, he was complying. Yep. And he was shot dead. And his killer's out here free. Yep. So, <laughs> That's such a loaded question for me because it is, and it's heart-wrenching and heartbreaking because in my mind, there is nothing that we can do enough to stay alive. Because mm-hmm. if someone wants to kill us, they will kill us. Yep. And I was joking with the pass out thing, but losing consciousness is probably the only thing. And that might not even guarantee you that spot. As long as when you pass out, your hands don't fall to your side. Right, you got to make sure that, right, they got to be up when you pass out. Right. And that yeah. doesn't even... And you know, I, I'm thinking about... Remember Amadou Diallo and Sean Bell? Absolutely. And I, I remember, you know, hearing about that. I guess, like, Sean Bell was 99. It's a long time ago now. So I was just... I was graduating high school, about to graduate high school, graduate in 2000. So you heard, I remember hearing about that. And you were like, oh, okay, that's like a one-off. Yeah. So you thought. Right. And then I was talking to my parents and be like, oh, no, sis, that's not a one-off. Sis, That's like how it goes down. This is how it happens, Grant. right? There's, there's so many names, and, and then you start, and then but then you start talking to older folks when there wasn't no cell phones and there wasn't no social media. And Hell, folks there, in the neighborhood, there was no TV, and they're like, "Oh yeah, the police killed him. Please kill him, please." So this is this is our relationship yeah, with law enforcement, and I think that we also have to really look back to why how law enforcement was developed. They were slave slave patrols. Yeah. They were created to hunt black folks. Yeah. So if that is your foundation, what do you do? Like, that is your foundation to hunt and kill black folks. That is the modern police force. So, So you then say, we should still feel safe. Got it. Okay. Thanks. All right, so... Yeah, I love that. Michelle, all I can say is 
thank you. Well, thank you for spending the time with us. We appreciate it. This is going to be do. one of those episodes that people are going to constantly play back. They're going to ask questions about. And it, I can't wait to see the numbers behind this one. Thank y'all. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all. Thank you, Eklund, for connecting. A shout out 100 to 100X, for real. She, she is consistent with her, her recommendations. She is. She's very consistent. Yeah. Listen, the one thing that we want to do is we, we always it. hand the mic over to our guests to close out the show. You can tell the listeners whatever it is that's on your heart to tell them, including how to follow you, how to keep up with what you got going on. It's all yours. I mean, I think that this conversation that we're having is just such a powerful conversation. And it's a conversation that needs to keep being had because it's so easy to become numb. It's so easy to just see on CNN or see on their local news that someone has, um, you know, got shot by law enforcement or they've been killed by a white person and stand your ground is allowing them to walk free. So that, cause that's still state sanctioned violence. Right. And so I think that we have to have these conversations, not only amongst ourselves, but amongst our community and hold people accountable that have the ability to make these changes. So, I mean, I think it's just such an incredibly important conversation. I thank y'all for the willingness and the bravery to have that conversation and not just be like, okay, well, you're just going to be here. And no, but this is a part of our black experiences. This is a part of us while, while, while black, this is, this is a part of our life. So, yeah. Um, and if y'all want to find me, I am on a social media, Instagram, your lawyer's lawyer, um, Twitter. I really don't use Twitter like that. But if you so every every now and again, I tweet um, attorney MKR, I think I think it's, that, that's I mean, I literally don't use Twitter. And but, listeners, you know, we'll, we'll have it in the episode. Description. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all can find me. Just search Michelle Rayner Goolsby. It'll be there. And then on on Facebook, um, Michelle K. Rayner hyphen Goolsby. And I'm there and you guys can add me. You can follow me and um, you'll see a little bit of my life. I, you'll see me talk about real stuff in my work. And then you also see me talk about my life with my wife. We are fools and we enjoy being married. So there it is. Dope. So I appreciate y'all for having me. Thank you. Cool. And listeners, she spells her name M-I-C-H-E-L-E, Rayner, R-A-Y-N-E-R hyphen G-O-O-L-S-B-Y. Can I say thank you? Because <laughs> people have spelled my name all kinds of ways. Mm. I mean, I just, and, and don't try, and it's on the paper. It's on the f- book of faces. It's literally on there. It's on there. So I just, I'm sorry. She I didn't turn up all again. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, you can Google it. <laughs> Google that shit. Yes. <laughs> all right, Wild Black, before yes. they start up again, peace. We love you. We out. We out. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.